I think we've got this one nailed. How to be a complete bastard next on R. Sinclair. Shut up, Aaron. What a complete bastard. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of R. Sinclair. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron. Today, joined by quite the bastard indeed. It's the Brent. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Since I do know my father. You know, we should actually, so do I. Uh, you know, we probably should have prefaced this by saying we're going to be saying the word bastard a lot today. I'm not. I don't say things Oh, like yeah. That. And there's a reason for that, because we're going to be reviewing uh, How to Be a Complete Bastard. Y you know what? What's that? YouTube monitors the first 30 seconds of a video, and if it yeah. has too much cursing in it, it gets the axe. Is bastard a curse word? It's sort of like ass. It's sort well, of like there's a... You I, I would say that is cursing, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Because there's much worse, though, oh, is my point. <laughs> In 20, but I mean, I bet this was shocking uh, back in the day when it came out, but not so shocking Let's now. Let's see, when was this published? You got a guess? You got a thought? Oh, I would say probably uh, 87. You're wrong, like 86. My goodness. Did you even research this topic? What a loser. <laughs> Listen, I own the book, so I don't have to research. Just pick it up, brother. So, you know, before we get into the game this week, uh, entitled How to Be a Complete Bastard, <clears throat> we're going to... I want to stick around here for a minute and talk about how we got here. <laughs> well, I want right. a mommy and a daddy love each other very so, much. So, no, would you stop? Oh. So, uh, the, the, there was a game called How to Be a Complete Bastard, but it's not this game. Did you know there was a board game based on this book as well? I did not. There is. And there's a book. And the book is this. As we, If you're watching at home, it's I'm holding it up. It's How to Be a Complete Bastard by... Uh, Adrian Edmondson. We're going to get into Abe here in a minute. But this is a book. It's a wacky book. Once you turn to a page, it's a little filthy on it. I should probably look before I just randomly flip through a page. But this is a book, ignore that, that where uh, Abe gives you a lesson by lesson on how to do nasty, horrible things to people. Uh, and uh, as you uh, go on to listen to his lessons on how to be a bigger bastard than you are currently. That's your goal. And so... What would what would make you write such a book? Well, of course, it's a comedy book, and if you're a, if you know anything about Ada Edmondson, you could understand how someone would would write on this. Uh, the uh, fellow uh, who wrote this book or co-wrote it, uh, Adrian Charles Edmondson, uh, age sixty sixth as of today, uh, and he is a British, uh, almost like a Renaissance man, if you want. He's not only is he an actor. A live performer. He's also been in a band. He's also done music videos. Uh, he's a writer. He's done a little bit of everything. Uh, the first time that Aid came onto my radar would have been when MTV America started uh, showing the Young Ones. The yes. Young Ones is a I, I, I've I've come to find out is a pretty popular uh, and looked on uh, quite nicely British television comedy. From the early 80s, about four college students that live in a flat, they're going to school, and they have wacky adventures. Uh, this was uh, the height of what I would call experimental comedy. And I mean, it was a crazy experiment uh, where the 
show was based around these four different students, uh, one of which was Abe Evanson as Vivian. Vivian was sort of like an anti-establishment punk. Punk dude, yeah. Guy. But he was, I mean, all the guys in the house were goofy. Uh, they had a hippie in there. Uh, you had Neil with the hippie. You had Rick, uh, who was sort of a, uh, I'll say, a wannabe activist. Yeah. You know, also a, a, a little weasel. Then you had Mike, who was the sort of the smart guy. He was the, the straight guy. But he yeah. was also the guy looking to get ahead. He was yeah. all, trying to score with women all the time. Vivian was just like a violent maniac. Yeah. He would be the guy that would just hit you in the face with a crooked bat. He would he would uh, hit you upside the head with uh, uh, or ram your head through a wall. He might ram his own head through a wall. He did all kinds of crazy stuff. <clears throat> this is the first time I saw Ed Everson, and I instantly fell in love with this show because I never seen anything like it. Yeah. It was a show. That was insane. I mean, the plots were, there were barely plots to any of the shows. And uh, Norm would be stuff like, uh, there's one where they go to be on a quiz show. Well, a whole show is them just screwing around for half the show because no one remembered to tell them they were on a quiz show. Then there's a little part where they get to the show, and then there's the final part where they're on the show. But that's the whole show, and that's probably the most structured one. By the way, the best one, too, in my opinion. Uh, didn't they have one where they were, they were fighting the cable company? No, that, there were, that was the TV. That was the TV license man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. so at one point, Vivian is told to eat the telly, and he does. <laughs> then they plug it in. He gets all lit up. Yeah, that's the that's the one I remember of, over all of them. There's one where there's a there's one where they uh, have a flood. You know, there's all kinds of guest stars on there. They had uh, to make to get more money for the show. They made the show uh, BBC. Call, they made a. Uh, they said it was a variety show to get more money. They so they'd have bands on there all the time. Yep, including Motorhead was on there. Madness was on there. But some really good bands. One week they had a lion tamer on for about five seconds for no good reason. So it was a show. People would fall through the ceiling. Stuff would blow up. It was just it was insane. So as a kid, I was like, man, this is gold. I loved it. And then MTV started showing uh, bad news. Uh, the uh, which was their band. They there would be on. They were there was a I think it was called Comedy Strip Presents something like that where they'd show little they'd show little singular things and bad bad news which is Vivian's band. The young ones basically had a little band. Those guys have a lot of those guys have been in the top ten in the UK. There's all kinds of weird stuff that makes the top number one on the charts, and that was just another one of the things. Something else a lot of people don't know. Uh, when Young Ones was on, it was a lot of young college show on there, including. Uh, uh, Jennifer Saunders and Don French of French and Saunders fame. And, of course, uh, Jennifer Saunders went on to do Ab Fab, Absolutely Fabulous, which was a big show in America and over in the U.K. And a lot of people don't know Adrian episode is married to Saunders. I guess they're still married. They were As of, as of the writing of what I read, they were still married. They've been married since 85. He was on there one time. And he actually, he, but here's something you didn't know. Have you ever seen Absolutely Fabulous, the show? I not that I recall. Never heard of that one? Well, he actually co-sings the theme, which I always thought. So he's a he's a uh, quite a uh, quite a Renaissance man. To sum up, though, uh, after he left the Young Ones, he did a series of wacky shows with his comedy partner Rick Mayall, who's also outstanding, who also played Rick and Young Ones. And they did a uh, show. They did a uh, act called The Dangerous Brothers. They went on tour live with this. They also did a show called Bottom. But the Dangerous Brothers did a bit on how to be a complete bastard on the show. And so, from what I read, that is what birthed this book, How to Be a Complete Bastard, the book. They, they, someone thought it would be a good comedy bit, and they did it. And uh, it was. And so, when he released the book, it did quite well. It, it was surprisingly well. 
And so after it came out, uh, they it had a sequel book. It had another book that came out that was sort of like the counterpoint to it. So it did pretty well, and that's what spawned on these other books. Now, before we get off of Abe, here's a couple wackies I didn't know. According to Wiki, Abe had a part in Star Wars Last Jedi. I don't know what part that would have been. Sure, why not? He also, get this, he played in the Rocky Horror, and this is last year. He was in Rocky Horror Picture Show Live. And he played Brad Mage as the straightest guy in the show, which doesn't I, make any sense at all. I would love to see that. And get this, this is my favorite one. Last year, so this is just a few months ago as we record this, he played Ebenezer Scrooge in the Christmas Carol at the Royal Shakespeare Theater. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can just, see that. It's amazing to me that a guy like that can perform at the Royal Shakespeare Theater. Oh, no, I, I can completely see Apparently, that. Apparently, he can. Well... Enough about aid. Let us get into the game, How to Be a Complete Bastard. Okay, so here's this wacky, wacky, wacky game. How to Be a Complete Bastard, uh, released in 1987. Yes. Uh, and originally published by Virgin Games, created uh, by uh, Elliot Gay, who worked on uh, a Charlton match fishing game, a game called Scruples, a question of scruples, uh, a, a game where you show jump horses. That one might be kind of fun. Sure, why not? Son and Son of Blagger. It also was worked on by someone named Alistair Watt. Who also worked on that Scruples game? This is for the uh, 48K Specky. Uh, it's a one-player game with the usual control uh, accoutrement, and this originally sold for seven pound ninety-five p. This was also released on the Amstrad CPC and the C64. So this is one that got a wide, a wide release. If you can believe that, I, I yeah, can't help it. Why, why? Yeah, I can believe. I don't that. know. To me, it just seems it's totally wacky. It's just like it's just like licensing a television show or movie. <laughs> I suppose so. Just, I guess the book was of such uh, was bought so much they went ahead and just went. And they thought it'd be a good hit. I should also mention at some point this also was released on the cover disc of a magazine. So it's. <laughs> That's a very uh, UK thing. To yeah. Do. Well, I guess it was well into the uh, well into the run. Oh, it's cool. So, in this game, you play presumably you play Aid uh, as you. Yeah, the character has that hair flare. Yeah, and you go. For. You go, and the, uh, the opening screen is actually pretty good. It looks sort of like the book. It's really very similar to the yeah. It's okay to the book, uh, and so you play Aid, and your goal is to get rid of all the people at this party. Uh, a mentions in the docs, like, it's easy to get in all these parties. Uh, and so once you get in there, then you've got to get rid of everybody so you can just wreck the party and have the whole house to yourself. That's, that's the plot of the game. Uh, and it's funny, I will say, if you read the, if you read the book, I don't know if you looked at the, at the uh, instructions for oh, this. Oh, I know. They're pretty fun. They're pretty funny. Uh, and they uh, they are written to uh, to be read by someone who would have enjoyed the book. So this, there's a lot going on. This we're going to try to explain what, what exactly you're looking at because for a game like this, there's this this is a complicated front end on this thing. So 
The screen is split into multiple parts. The, on the top of the screen uh, that covers the middle of the screen, you'll see two long panels. These are the view, multiple views of what, what you're seeing in the game. Okay, so it's your character within the hall. Now, what you're seeing is actually the views are the same from different angles. So you're seeing Abe... It, okay, you're doing a horrible job. Well, you try. Maybe okay. you, you may not even know what this is. No, I'm very okay, much. Go sure ahead. This is. You tell them. <clears throat> Imagine you are in a room and you have a camera setting on the west wall and a camera setting on the south wall. Yeah. Those are the two views that you see. Right. So if you are moving towards the west camera, it looks like you're moving across the screen on the south camera. That's how it works. It's very goofy. Yeah, it's very good. It's, it's very, it's very innovative. Good. And you can also you can if you hit the one or two button, you can Never actually do that. No, but you know what all it does is it let it changes. From, yeah, it, it, it puts, changes the view. It so puts you, the camera at, at at north, east, south. No, west. no, no, no. It just moves. It basically you can make the top and the bottom look the same. You can basically right. It yeah. just it just switches them in. It doesn't yes. change anything else. Yeah. Uh, it this is unusual. I have. I eventually got sort of used to it. I guess it helps. Does it help? No. Does it help this you? is what it does. It makes the rooms, which are a 2D plane, feel large. Yeah. It makes it feel like you are moving uh, uh, actually into the depth of the room and to the left and right of the room. If you don't understand what you're looking at, it is incredibly confusing. Yeah. And this setup is way... Way too deep for a game like this. Yeah, so oh, so that's you've got those two long panels that so you can see what's going on. Okay, yeah. on either side of that, you've got two meters that run up the side of the screen. Your drunko meter and your smello meter. Okay, now <laughs> your drunko meter will go up if you're drinking, and there are several opportunities Makes in sense. the game to drink. Your smello meter will go up if you. Uh, Take laxative, for example, because this game has a button that allows you to fart, because that's what you do. All right, uh, at the bottom or underneath the meters and the two small, the two screens are another meter: your wheel meter and your fart meter. Uh, the wheel meter tells you when you need to go pee. Basically, use yeah. use the latrine. The fart meter tells you how many time, how much fart you can expel. There's no easy way to describe this. This yeah, is what and, it is. And what, it is, what these actually do is uh, you're trying to get rid of guests, and farts will clear a room, and sometimes you need to do that. Yeah. Also, it's just, you've got to, I guess they had to put a fart button in just because. That's, that's funny. And then, and amazingly, underneath, and then there's a score between these two meters, and then uh, and your, your score is in bastard points. And at the bottom is the logo of the book or the game and as you do well in the game it fills up as you clear yeah. people out of the house yeah and so it fills up and when you get to when you've filled up all the letters you've cleared the house out and you win this game does have an ending if you can believe it that's a lot going on uh on one screen and when you first look at it you're like oh my god when you first look at it you're like oh this is like a spy versus spy thing that's right it's not and, and it I, is not it, yeah so, I mean, it does give you a sense of depth you would Absolutely. not normally get. Yes, 100%. I, I don't know if this is the I don't know if this was the best use of real estate, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so, 
as we mentioned, your job is to go to this house and clear out party guests. This is a pretty big mansion with an upstairs and a downstairs. You can go outside. And as you go through the, the rooms, you're going to come across cabinets, refrigerators, uh, umbrella stands, stuff, stuff laying on the floor, stuff in uh, chest of drawers, all kinds of places you could open and you can grab stuff. You have a two-item inventory. So you can hold two items, and you can, when you go to an empty spot where there's nothing, and you hit your fire button, it gives you the choice to look through your pockets, see what you want to, what you want to do. Uh, this game is very free form. Okay, as far as I can tell, there's no time limit, uh, and there's no correct order to do things, as far as I can tell. Well, oh, I mean, you have to get st stuff to, to to do the outcome. But for example, you can put the crazy glue on the toilet. At the beginning of the game, where you can put it on there, you know, 10 minutes into the game. My understanding, and I didn't do a huge deep dive into this, and yeah. the people who were talking about it could, could literally just be wrong. Yeah. But there are certain setups in the game that if you don't do it, like, at, I'm not saying you have to do it at this right precise moment, but there are times when there are maybe four people in the room instead of three. And yeah. if you don't, clear that entire room when there are four people, it's hard, if not impossible, like a soft lock situation to actually complete the game. Really? I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I just I, saw people talking about it. Because I can it. tell you, neither one of us came close to clear Oh, no. No, and, and I, I can tell you why. This game has one... Are we getting into the flaws? Well, no, let's get okay. into the actual... So, here's the way it works. Okay, let's... For example, we need to get rid of a guest. And by the way, the guest doesn't matter which guest you're after. No, the, yeah. The key element is... You corner them. Yeah. Okay. So, what you'll do? Interact with them. Let's say, for example, that Aid finds a can of paint. Yeah. Okay, which is in the game. Uh, he can go find a guy or a girl in the corner of the room, and and he can move up on them where they can't move. And then once he's up there, he can hit his button, and then the option to do something to that person would show up. Yeah. It would interact. It with the wouldn't person. have been there before you cornered them. And once you corner them, you can, you can uh, for example, you'll say dump paint on head. You can do it, and that guy's gone. Yeah. You've, you've humiliated him. That's the whole goal of this game. Yeah. To humiliate, bully, and, and uh, fluster everyone at the party. So some people you hit in the face with pie. Some people you uh, uh, have them walk on, like, I think it was like, what was it? You glued the floor. There was like tacks or something. Yeah, you can no, glue the, the tacks floor. on the seat, I think. Uh, Sometimes, and sometimes you don't do anything to people. You just set up a trap. Like uh, like there's one place where you glue that stuff on the floor. There's the uh, super glue in the toilet. There's stuff like that. A lot of the stuff you do is viciously cruel. Yeah. <laughs> cruel stuff. Like, for example, you can put makeup on a guy, right? You can find makeup. And then once you put the makeup on him, all the other people at the party beat him up. Yeah. He's gone. Another one, you could put perfume on a dude, and all the other people beat him up. Now, keep in mind, this was a game of the mid-'80s. And the one thing about the book, and the game has this in common with it, is that the, you know, you've got humor. Then you've got sort of biting humor. And then you've got humor that's right above, right up on the bar of common decency or, like, acceptability. This is that humor that's on the other side of the bar with barely a tippy-toe still on the bar. This is yeah. th this game is uh, the the modern day equivalent is that's it's just a prank bro. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cruel 
And the book is exactly the same way. It's a, it's really a cruel, it's not how to be a real cool guy or how to be a, a, a sly. You know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, and so when you go through this game and you're farting on people and you're dumping crap on people's heads and you're getting them beat up or humiliating them, that's the game. Yeah. Uh, you could also go to, like, for example, the fridge is full of, of, of beer. Now, one thing I learned early on is you can drink this beer and, and you can build up your drunk your drunk-a-meter uh, because you need to keep your drunk-a-meter and your smell-a-meter higher. Yet, so go in there and build up your drunkometer. But if you, one of the options is to just drink all the beer, you'll die. Yeah, they just kill. So yeah. you can be killed in this game too. Uh, uh, but uh, so, and there are a couple of different ways to die. There's one really wacky thing. I don't know if you did this. <laughs> there's a, there's an umbrella stand right at the beginning of the game. Uh, you can go over and get an umbrella out of it. And if you open the umbrella. You basically turn into like like a washing machine or something, and you're moving around. Did you ever do that? No, I didn't do that. You actually the rest of the game, it, you walk around and you're you're moving like a you're like a you look like a washing machine or 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 an oven or something. You because it says that's bad luck to open this indoors. It's not kidding. You literally turn into like an oven, which was pretty. That was kind of nutty. Yeah, you can imagine my surprise when that. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? But it was funny. Um, so there are a lot, there are some things you combine together to, to make certain pranks work and yes. do certain things. Like at one point he has to bake a pie. He has to get pudding powder out of a shelf and he go over to So there are some things you can combine. Now, with all that said, did I figure this out on my own? Cause I'm a genius. No. Did I figure out a couple things? Cause I got lucky. Eh. Most of it though, I had to glean from trying to watch and walkthroughs and reading and stuff because it's I mean it's so abstract you know and also I didn't understand what the game was once I understand what the game was it was a little bit easier if all because all you've got to do is corner a sucker and if you find glue or paint something just dump it on them and that's then they're gone so yeah. you and then you get more points uh you get more bastard points after you do this yeah it's an interesting game I saw someone run through this entire game and like I think it was like 16 minutes. minutes yeah. But I mean, you're not going to. It's you know, it reminds me of some of the other ZX games we've played, but it's it's really different in a lot of ways. I mean, it's really it's an odd game. I don't hate it. It's it sort of meets the criteria of what they were going for, I think. But and I guess if I bought this and I paid 10 bucks for it or got it for free on a magazine, eh, I might kind of dig it. What did you think about it? Okay. Let's get the good things out of the way real quick. Yeah. Okay. The the concept of how you move around the room is brilliant. I don't know if other ZX Spectrum games use this setup, but having a east camera and a north camera or a west and a south, whatever you want to think about it, and having the room have depth was awesome. It's 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 such a it's a thing that I, it's why is it here? Because that's like. <laughs> It, Who now, came up with that? Now, if you just turn on the game, it's going to be confusing. Yeah, they There's should have no labeled about it, it or something. I um, wish there was a way to, you know. But once you understand how it works, and it, it, it's going to take a few minutes. It definitely is. Yeah, uh, I to, had all kinds of trouble it, figuring it out for the longest time. Because you'll be stuck in two two rooms forever until you realize the depth thing. Yeah, um, and you have to go into, in, when you're going into the depth, 
or out of the depth. You have to go there for it's not like you're instantly there. No, you don't. You you have to look at both screens. You have to hold down your button until you guys fully in there. No, well, yeah. no, no, no. But here's I can already tell where you messed up, Aaron. I didn't mess up. Yes, I, you did. When you are when you are pressing a direction to go uh, north and south. Yeah. You don't watch your bottom screen. You watch your upper screen because you actually see your guy moving left to right. Right, but I mean, it's realistic. You're. It's not like in most games you go oh, to another room and you, just, you pop in. This one, you, it takes four or five steps. No, I mean, yeah, room. but that that yeah, it makes sense. Um, the concept of the game for me is pretty dumb. I don't like this type of humor. This is too lowbrow for me, oh. and it's not like I'm some kind of super genius when it comes to Ooh. comedy. But Ooh. this is. This is a step below where I, I want to live. Um, but that is not the, the game's biggest sin. The game's biggest sin, by far, is the precision needed to interact with items. It is so, it wants you to be in the exact right spot, pressing against the yes. item and hitting a button to get the prompt to come up. And when you <coughs> miss the prompt, because some things you know you can interact with, right? You know you can interact with the trash can. And you're you're wiggling, you're pressing different buttons, you know, trying to line it up so you're going to get that trash can prompt. Uh, and every time you hit the button, he checks his pockets. Hit the button, he checks yeah, his pockets. Yeah, hit yeah. the button, he checks his pockets. And it takes away from the fun of the game. It'd been better if it was just a check your pocket button, and it didn't yes. do that by default. Or, or... Yes. Yeah. Uh, something needed to be I understand. Different. Yeah. It happened to me a lot. And you had, you're right. You had to be right up, you have to be right up on stuff. And, and since the rooms have depth, sometimes, for example, you'll like if there's a table in the room, you can't you can go in front of the table or behind the table. Yes. Sometimes that can get you where you're just like, where is this thing? How do yes. I get over to it? Yeah. And and unfortunately, you spend so much time and energy and focus working with trying to get the items to interact with everyone else that by the time you start making things happen, you're done. You don't want to play anymore. And it's unfortunate because the layout of this game, if they would have had less items, and because the, the, the game, the screens are littered with stuff, pictures, tables, trees, doorways, yeah. baskets, trash cans, counters, tons and couches, tons of stuff. bookshelves. Yeah. And when you have that much stuff that you can interact with, and every single thing is a headache to interact with, you just don't want to play anymore. And that's what eventually, I mean, I died a few times, ha ha, I drank all the beer and I died, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But ultimately, I quit playing because I was so sick of wiggling in front of a trash can for 45 seconds at a time trying to get an interaction to get an item that now I don't know what it's for. So yeah. now I have to run against all these other items or all these other objects and try to get them to interact so I can use what I've gotten. It's just unfortunate that they didn't have more room that you could hit that stuff. Uh, but I am... The game obviously was not directed towards me. Uh, I, I liked Young Ones, uh, but this is not my type of comedy. The mechanics of the game, though, uh, the the visual walking around mechanics are so good that I recommend checking this out. Because if there are other games that use this mechanic, I would love to see them. I would love to know about them. They are that good. They are really, really solid. But the game overall, it's it's you know it's an interesting game. First of all, put yourself. You're a you're a uh, you're a kid in school in the UK. 
All right. You're, you're 14, 15 years old. Ooh, all right. You get this for 10, bu- 10 uh, pounds, uh, 10 bucks, seven, eight pounds, all right? This would probably be quite a hoot. You get your buddies no. over, you laugh at it. You no. know, you're too no. young. No, no, because the problem, yes, if I could just make the comedy happen, I guarantee stupid young me would have had fun with this. But that's the problem. They were more. You can't just make the comedy. They happen. were more. They were more patient than you. No, were. they it were. Has nothing I didn't. To do with I didn't patience. get that upset about that part. I. I when, mean, it's the thing that got me more than that was just getting around until I learned how to do that. You know, there is a brilliance in it. It is a strange thing. I like the many options you get. I mean, when you pick an item, you can. You don't have to pick it up. Like you can throw it. Yeah. You can some of the stuff you can eat it, which yeah. sometimes it'll kill you. You can smash stuff. Like, you can just randomly... Call, you, it's just like chaos. I like the option to do that. It's fun. Yeah. I want to throw the disco album, or I want to th- throw the hammer. I want to smash the yeah, ice. Yeah, it's fun to see what things you know? do. Yeah. Uh, and it's... So, there's a little bit of exploration in it, uh, you know, and which is fun. Uh, and overall, it was sort of what I thought it was. It was actually easier to get into than I thought it would be. Uh, this is about my level of interaction. Oh, I know it is. You know, this so is about where you are. So, I, but I mean, yeah, th- there were some irritating things, and uh, one thing that would have helped on the two screen things if Aid was a different color from everyone else, that would have helped because that you could have singled him out on the two screens, and that would have gone a long you way. You definitely can. Bl- you definitely can lose yourself yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, you can. You can blend in uh, quite a bit uh, in this game. With all that said, the Brent, I didn't hate it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I thought it was an okay game. I didn't hate it. I was actually very impressed with it. Uh, the uh, the mag- I never played the magazines of the day were not as kind as say I am because they weren't as they didn't like it as well, much as me. Their checks probably didn't clear. That's why uh, they gave this a score uh, on seven reviews from different magazines a sixty five percent. Not that good. No, I think that's fair. That's, I think that's a good score. It depends. Uh, just like, uh, man, I hate talking about scoring because some people use the whole hundred points and like crap games are actually threes <laughs> and decent games are actually sixes. And when you look back at old scores, you never know how they judge. Yeah. So maybe a six was a fine game or maybe six was a dumpster fire if it's yeah. IGN. You know, Javisoft in the uh, chat just brought up a game and I, and I like the comparison. He mentioned that he preferred school days. School Days and this game aren't totally dissimilar. School Days is another game. Where, now, School Days had a more uh, rigorously enforced scheduling and, and uh, the plot. You know, there were things you needed to do. But there was also stuff where you could just screw around, mess with people, and there, and hose people, start fights, whatever. So there is something there. I'd say, I mean, School Days was a much more involved game than this. But there's still, there's, there is a similarity there. Uh, I, I looked at our Discord to see what kind of action we got uh, there. So uh, I'll start off with, well, I, I, right out of the gate, Mr. Dave6309 says, So far, very strange. I need to figure this one out. <laughs> he says, Hey, if I'm doing poorly in the game, does this make me a good person? Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. So Pajaco here, man, he really had something to say about this one. Pajaco6502 says, I remember this game being quite a big deal at the time. Because it was Aid Edmondson and had a swear word in the name. So I guess that answers that question. It tries to be a dizzy-like adventure game, but it's lacking any real puzzle element 
as you can seemingly use most of the items on any poor, unsuspecting soul at the party. A map system is unique, but really just overcomplicated for what the game needs, and movement is very slow because depending on the direction you need to move in, you're always walking from one side of the screen to the other. The exploration and experimentation of items can be quite fun, but the act of actually trying to pin victims down to prank them is a chore, and lining up exactly with the doors to walk through and hoping someone isn't blocking your way just becomes a little tiresome. That's what Brent was talking about. All I can say is that definitely uh, that this is definitely a game of its time and could be interesting, but strip away the license that there isn't much there. I didn't hate or love the game, and it was all a bit meh. Five out of ten. And before you go on, I, yeah. I want to point you towards chat. Happy yeah. Cody says that if you find a computer in the game and you reset it, it actually resets the the, the real life spectrum that you're playing it on. Interesting. That's, That's a good tip. Good. Thank you, Happy. Uh, Will Broker, our good pal Will, hopped in. He says, when I was 13 or 14, The Young Ones was the funniest thing on television, and The Young Ones' book was the most hilarious, most daring, naughtiest, and rudest reading material I ever owned. How to be a complete bastard is clearly a kind of spinoff, using the Aid Evanson persona he developed as Vivian on The Young Ones and transferred to his next show with Rick May on Bottom, which is a great show. No doubt I'd have owned that book, no doubt if I'd owned that book, I doubt my parents would have bought me anything with a swirl in the title. I'd have found this equally hilarious. As a computer adaptation, it's bizarre. The programmers worked on other straightforward and successful games, but here they seem to have struggled with the concept and resorted to a walk-around-and-collect-items arcade adventure. This format works with the Wally Week series and Dizzy, where the puzzles are clever and the graphics are cute and colorful. Here the visuals are confusing and unappealing, with what looks like one generic type of yuppie guy and one type of woman and your similarly drawn protagonist wandering around a plain and basic house set. The screen layout adopts an absurd and yet surely unique approach with a front-on and side-on view at the top and bottom of the screen. Again, a split screen with monochrome graphics works in some contexts like two-player spy versus spy, but there's no reason for the twin perspectives. Tyrion the Nog and Dundark demonstrated a far superior and more elegant way of navigating 3D space through a two-dimensional display. What's left is the daring rudeness and vulgarity, and what might have tickled me as a younger teenager understandably leaves me cold as a middle-aged dad. My little boy might love it. The jokey captions on screen are sadly and unforgivably often spelled wrong, and the oh, yeah. violent pranks... You have to play many of them on women that now seem disturbingly misogynistic. There are uh, many games on the spectrum that stand the test of time. This reminds me that the computer and its culture was largely aimed at 14-year-old schoolboys, and I think it's one of those examples that can be left in the past. Uh, lastly, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, chimes in. Oh, wait, there's two more. Paul says, it's a complete herm firm bastard of a game. Enough said. And Lord Soup writes in, gimmick game, fun for an hour, but it was a cash in. Uh, so it looks like everybody sort of is left the same way we were. Now, I mentioned uh, that this was released on multiple systems. Uh, I've queued up here if you're watching at home, and I'll describe it to everybody else. This is a, the Amstrad version of this, which is, of course, in color, sort of. 
uh, in a in more color. More color, yeah. Uh, and so looking at this, the brand, I'm sure it's the first time you've had a look at this. Mm-hmm. Do you think having more robust color palette would make this game more playable? As no, you see because it now? you move slower in the room. Yeah, I can yeah. already see just in the four or five seconds. That's what I instantly notice. That's the only thing I would care about. Is you move too slow in the Amstrad version. It's funny. That, it is funny that the Amstrad version does seem to be a little slower. Absolutely. Otherwise, I mean, it's literally identical. Yeah. I mean, they it's just added, identical. They with just the added colors to the, yeah. to the uh, ZX. That happens sometimes, yeah. though, as, as it were. So that was How to Be a Complete Bastard. Uh, a uh, game of its time. Don't let this turn you off of uh, AIDS' other fine programs. And uh, this game might appeal to some people that just want a hilarious uh, return to the uh, middle teenage years, but I'm not sure it's something for us adults. Maybe it is. I don't know. So, with all that said, Brent, I want to thank everyone uh, that uh, supports R. Sinclair, all of our Patreons, all of our Twitch followers. It's you folks that keep us going. We really appreciate uh, you uh, investing in the show and we hope to keep the ball rolling with some uh, other games. This one was pretty edgy for the boat. I was surprised this one got through the boat censorship. You notice he's not here. That <laughs> <laughs> he's so mad he quit the show. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, with all that said, Brent, let's see what we've got in store for us next week. Oh, I can't wait to play this. It's going to be awesome when I get... Oh! <laughs> that's oh, right. That's so good. It's Archon, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> now, I'm not going to lie to oh you. I'm going to tip my hand. I might come back. I'm the biggest Archon fan Holy walking. Cow. I'm a, I like Archon, too. I add that more. And I think you are in the same boat as I am. But we both like Archon. Yeah, I, now, I, I might have to kill John and take his I'll, spot. I'll admit Holy to you, Holy cow, though, that's uh, such a good game. I have not. I've not played Archon on the on the ZX. I haven't either. You know, so it should be it should be an interesting look at uh, what the ZX could do. I think I got a feeling it's going to handle it pretty well. Uh, oh, oh boy, I don't know. That's so, oh wow. You know, you you know before we go, you don't get to do a lot of ZX. I don't action. No, and, and it's it it's my own fault. Obviously, I have access to this to emulate. All this incredible uh, ZX software. My problem is uh, I have very little time to play emulated games, right? I have my Saturday morning time when I play modern games. And I have my ARG time, which that that can be anything, right? But when I sit down and I'm just playing games of the past, I just always go to the arcade. That's where I grew up. That's where that little happy place is. I need to start playing some of these more Spectrum Amstrad type. You know things. our problem because I've, I've got a similar issue. It's the fact that we've we've got an attention span tuned the arcade game. We grew up. Well, in the arcade. no, I don't know. I for you, yes, that's exactly what it is. For me, I don't think that's what it is at all. Well, I do have a soft spot for games like Archon, and I'm looking forward to this. So that means next month, me and the boat will be tipping into Archon Battle Between the Darkness and the Light. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us this week. Uh, we will catch you on the flip side. Until next week, and uh, next month, I should say, rewind tape. And press play. You knew it. Good for you. Bye-bye.